Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity. The future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. No, I'll run this town to be near you. No, gray skies ever turn blue. I stand alone. I stand alone. Welcome to the show and a good Tuesday Eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there. It's 5.09, nine minutes after 5 o'clock. This is Atlanta's Evening News. I am filling in for the conservative Viking Eric Erickson. I'll be with you till 9 in the p.m. The gang all here tonight. Longoria, stoic as ever, on the other side of the takeout window. Low T. Chuck is greeting your call. Low T. I got four hours to play with, so I'm going to play with it. And uh, coming up in the next hour, this is something that I'm really... <laughs> that, that didn't sound good. Yeah, I'm keeping please, that one. I'm please isolate that, that one. <laughs> I had four hours to play with something. Yeah, anyway, I'm going to play with you for four hours on the radio, and we're going to talk some serious stuff, some not-so-serious stuff. Next hour... Um, we're going to have a reporter's roundtable. I'm very excited about this because obviously we've been covering the Tex MacGyver trial, you know, very, very closely. The problem is all the courtroom stuff happens while I'm sleeping. I sleep during the middle of the day, so I miss all the stuff. And I catch the updates on the morning news and the evening news here on WSB, but I don't really know the nuts and bolts of the case. So we're going to do a reporter's roundtable at 6 o'clock. WSB legal analyst Phil Holloway, Channel 2's Mike Pachenik, Christian Boone from the AJC, and WSB court reporter uh, Veronica Waters. We're gonna we're just gonna dissect this and see what what's going on because I mean anywhere you go, people are like, well, "What do you think? He did it? Did he did it?" So we're gonna get a, a nice chunk of information from four top-notch folks that have been following the it's trial. Like our closely. own little OJ Simpson. Guy. Yes, exactly. You're Marsha Clark. <laughs> Longoria will be uh, Judge Ito. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. And I'll be one of the Jewish lawyers. Okay. Just, just pick one of them. Yeah. Shapiro. Um, yeah, Jews nugget. Um, but, but before we get to all that stuff, rough weather yesterday. Are you guys okay? I, I haven't checked in with you before the show. I think I am, yeah. That'd be your house and everything? Oh, yeah, no, everything. That was, uh, I was glued to the television last night because you couldn't really, I didn't know which way it was going to go. Like I saw it really hammer in Harrelson County and the west side. And then it's like, well, if it goes this way, it's coming right to my house. If it goes this way, it's going to uh, South Fulton. If it goes this way, it's going to Roswell. So, I, I mean, I was glued to Channel 2, and I didn't even know Eric Erickson came in after I got off the air last night at 9 and did storm coverage. That is good for him. He just he loves that weather app. And so he texted me, and he's like, hey, I came back to the station. I was like, good for you. I'm going to bed. Text me if there's a tornado <laughs> headed towards my house. Well, it, it's good. I mean, well, awesome for him to do that, to come in and provide the live coverage, but even yeah. better for me that he does that now because now they don't call me. Yeah, yeah. Because before that, they would have been, you know, Spriggs would be like, hey, Aram, uh, can you stay until midnight? And I'm like, ah. But now Erickson's the official, like, overnight weather dude. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, politics and weather and cinnamon, know, right? rolls. and cinnamon rolls. Anything to do with those topics, Erickson's your man. So I'm, I was, I was so happy when I heard that this morning. Like, because I mean, I was up anyway. I, I, yeah. But what, what I knew I was okay was my dogs weren't freaking out. When, when I know severe weather's coming toward me, my dogs, they know they have the, 
the sixth sense. Yeah. So I knew I was okay, but I was transfixed to the coverage. And I don't know if you guys saw the videos uh, in South Fulton. Couple of confirmed tornado touchdowns, roofs ripped off. Thankfully, no deaths. Yep. And just a handful of, of injuries. Uh, we did. There was one death though. Um, the Georgia State Patrol officer. I don't know if they're oh, calling yeah. it storm really. I mean, he got into a single car crash during the storm. I guess. I don't know if that's yeah. Him and his daughter, right? I believe. I don't know, but yeah. I don't know if that's considered or a if storm it's hail related. Yeah, I don't know if that's storm related. I don't know how they do the math on that, but the uh, tragic uh, for that for that officer. Um, but yeah, so you guys are okay. Yeah. Hail, nothing. Good. No, wind, we didn't get winds. any. No, we got some high winds, but nothing blew around or nothing. Yeah. No trees down or nothing. All right. And Chuck, you you were asleep. You didn't, oh yeah, I yeah. slept. And the girls slept through the whole thing. It was a miracle because usually yeah. any little thunder clap and they're yeah. up. They're like, ah, and, you know. <laughs> I was waiting for Ella to wake up and yeah. she never did. All she right, good. Yeah. All right, so everyone here is good. I, I just solid. wanted to check in. I felt yep. bad that we didn't. Uh, we didn't uh, talk last night. I should have been texting you to see if you guys are okay. That's yeah. that's. Uh, I would have turned my phone off. That's on <laughs> me. Um, all right, I want to dip my toes into politics. I don't like talking politics, but this this is a, a political story that has crossed over into pop culture. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, saw the story out of New York State, but uh, Cynthia uh, Cynthia Nixon, yeah, from Sex in the City, mm-hmm. the second least annoying cast member of Sex in the City. And the least attractive. I'm just trying to like point to paint a middle picture. The redhead. Yes. The the lawyer on the show. Yeah. Um, is is has decided to run for governor of New York State uh, against Mr. Governor Cuomo, which is uh, shows big cojones because he's he's pretty yeah. much. Oh yeah, he's entrenched. Yeah, he is very, that that Cuomo name is yeah. entrenched in New York State, Governor Andrew Cuomo. Uh, but Cynthia Nixon, uh, who is 51, has launched her campaign to run for. Uh, New York governor. I don't know her personally. I've actually seen her on Broadway. I saw her do a Broadway show. Really? And uh, How was it? Have, have you ever been to a Broadway show? I have not. So I'm not a big... Bro- I mean, I like plays, musicals. I'm not whatever. But my yeah. mom is a big Broadway freak. And I didn't know this. If you go to a Broadway show and you like... It's like you're 12 years old at spring training. You can wait out behind the theater after the show, and the actors come out and take pictures and sign autographs. No, really? Yeah, I've been to smaller shows where they do that. I didn't figure they'd do that at one yeah. of the bigger so ones. Yeah, so this was years ago. She was in some play with some other guy. It was fine. What I'm, it, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it, a play. My mom wanted to go. We went. It was, it was fine. But my mom's face when this girl came out, Cynthia Nixon came out, oh, my God, take a picture, blah, 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 sign the... It was like, wow, like, there are nerds, like, Broadway nerds, like sure. there are, you know, baseball. Like the only time I waited for an autograph was when I was a kid in spring training. Like, yeah. hey, sports. Yeah, Bob Horner signed my baseball. But it's it's like that for Hollywood. So anyway, anyway, I I met her, quote, met her once. She seemed nice enough. The show I actually liked Sex and the City. The show, but I'm I'm so saddened for the future of our democracy. And this is what I was worried about in the campaign. You remember us talking about this on the air that yes. that once Donald Trump got traction. And and was elected president, that that that's just going to open the floodgates. Any celebrity is going to try to do it, and that's that's going to be the downfall of our democracy. Is yep. the fact that, you know, it's it's such a, a world of of where popularity means everything to people. You know, yeah. um, that actors and actresses and singers and rappers and athletes and just famous people are going to jump into the political world, and we saw that with the the notion of Oprah possibly running. And now Cynthia Nixon, who, as far as I can tell, has had no political experience. She's a 51-year-old actress. Um, decided to I like run. Schwarzenegger. 
Exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? Ask but, California how much they liked having him for governor after a couple of years. But now it it seems like it's it's reached a critical mass. Yeah. Because they're like, well, I've got 50 million Instagram followers. I could get elected to anything I want. And it's probably true. It's probably true. And and listen, it, it we had Ronald Reagan, but he was a governor first. Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, I'm going to call an anomaly. But Donald Trump, when Donald Trump, the president now, defeated 16 more qualified candidates on the Republican side of the ledger, say what you want. He beat Hillary fair and square as, you know— uh-huh. I mean, it was Hillary, you know, he beat her. But but the, the more surprising part of that campaign was that he beat 16 more qualified Republicans in the primaries. Like he beat Cruz. He beat Rubio. He beat politicians with actual resumes. And that is only people say, well, he's a man. of the, It's because he was a celebrity. Yes. He only beats Ted Cruz because he's on The Apprentice. There's, there, you know, policy wise, politically. Ted, Ted Cruz ran circles around the dude. Yep. The only reason he got through the, the primaries is because he was a celebrity. So you're saying you wouldn't have won? What's that? You wouldn't have won if you would have ran? Me? Yeah. No. You're I'm, a celebrity? No, I'm not. No? No. Very small slice of, <laughs> of celebrity. But but that, I remember you remember me talking about this during the yes. campaign? Like, yes. my biggest fear of, of a Donald Trump presidency, presidency isn't what he will do as president. It's what will follow him. In, in in politics. Pop culture taking over. Pop culture taking over. Early running for star of the show. I like that. Pop nice. culture taking over politics. Your thoughts on that? 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. In for Eric Erickson. It's Atlanta's Evening News. Come on. Ugh. 525, Aram in for Erickson. With you till 9 in the p.m. tonight, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, the sign of the apocalypse. Lady from Sex and the City running for governor of New York. Welcome to politics in 2018. Celebrity driven, and I don't see it changing in the foreseeable future. 404-872-0750. Tim joins us in Canton. Uh, Tim, welcome to the program. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure, buddy. I'm just. I'm going to come at you a little hard, and, and, I, and, I, and I mean it in, in a best possible light. I love uh, it. I love it. Thank you. Um, what, unfortunately, you're displaying, and in Ms. Nixon, not in consideration, but speaking specifically to President Trump, you're displaying that same blindingly arrogant perspective that the 16 more, quote, more qualified candidates had when President Trump exposed the fact that they've spent their careers as politicians being ineffectual and not following the Constitution. But do, do you argue my point that they were um, more more equipped or better qualified to be president of the United States politically? He is, uh, politically is, is not it. The president was originally intended to be a man of the people, to serve the office, and then go home to his farm. Not to entrench himself for a career. Understood, but but my premise was politically he was he was the least prepared of of all of the candidates, right? I mean, it, give me that. I'll, I'll give you your points that he's not borne by the baggage that. that I, I, I'm not arguing that. I'm not arguing that. I'm, I'm just saying of the 17 candidates for the for the Republican uh, presidential nomination, he was the least qualified politically. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying he was the most qualified politically because, <laughs> because of all the political offices he held. I know you love him. I'm not taking that away from you. He won. He knocked out 16 better qualified candidates. 
I don't, I don't get mad at me. But you can't say that he wasn't the least qualified poli- political candidate out there. He won the primary on his name. And yeah. good for him. He did what he had to do. Cynthia Nixon's not going to win governor of New York, by no. the way. But what happens? I know Republican. I mean, Trump people are going to be very mad at me. Donald Trump won because he won what? A lot of the blue-collar vo- voters, right? Right. A lot of the Rust Belt voters that used to vote Democrat swung over and voted for him. They're like, Donald Trump, I love him. He's for me. I've seen him on The Apprentice. He seems like a normal guy. Because he's a celebrity. If Tom Hanks runs as a Democrat, you don't think there's going to be crossover votes from Democrats going, saving Private Ryan. I love this guy. Exactly. I'm a lifelong Republican, but it's Tom Hanks. I'll vote for him. That's what I'm afraid of. I don't want celebrities running for office. And he was the least qualified politically. He won. Congratulations. Hopefully he does. he becomes the best president ever. But politically, he was the least qualified of all of the Republican candidates. More of you and me when we come back after news, weather, and traffic. 404-872-0750. Airman for Erickson on WSB. Welcome back to the show. 539, 21 in front of 6 o'clock. Mark Aram, you're back to call till 9 in the p.m. tonight. Next hour, Tex MacGyver Reporters Roundtable. Stick around for that. Talking about uh, Cynthia Nixon of Sex in the City fame. I'm going to speak really slowly now. Cynthia Nixon is running for governor of New York, which is her right. That's fine. I think it's ludicrous that an actress wants to be uh, governor of the second biggest state in the union population-wise. But that's fine. Whatever. She's well within her right to lose. She's going to do that. My, <laughs> my point is this has only happened because Donald Trump is president. I'm not blaming Donald Trump for this. He's president. He won. He, he ran the best campaign. He is president. I'm not faulting him. I'm not faulting you for voting for him. He won. But when, he, when a reality star, a celebrity, wins the president of the United States, that opens Pandora's box. Where someone like Cynthia Nixon, the redhead from Sex and the City, is like, well, if Trump could be president, I could be governor of New York. That's my worry. You voted for Trump. I'm fu- cool, awesome. I hope he's the best president ever. It's he didn't mean to open Pandora's box. He didn't. He didn't think. You know, if I become president, then the redhead from Sex and the City might be governor of New York. All my celebrity friends will take over the highest yes, offices in the exactly. country. Yes, exactly. And then uh, I can get uh, Kanye West to be. Se- that that's what I'm afraid of. You have so many young voters now. Like the the millennials about to overtake the baby boomers. The 18 to 34 year old crowd. It's a lot of people. You, you're going to tell me they're not going to be swayed if Kim Kardashian runs for office? That's my worry. I'm not blaming you for voting for President Trump. Fine. He won. Embrace it. Be proud. Wear your MAGA hat. I'm, I'm okay with that. I hope he does amazing things. I hope he gets North Korea to get rid of their nuclear arsenal. I hope my 401k keeps growing. I, I keep. I want my. Uh, my tax uh, refunds to be greater. I want my tax breaks to be bigger. Good. Keep up the good work. I'm not bashing him for being president. I'm just saying my worry is what we see now in New York City where Cynthia Nixon is running for governor. Do you guys watch Walking Dead? Big popular show here. Yeah. yeah. What if Negan's like, you know, I'm going to be governor of Georgia. <laughs> That's my worry. Don't Trumpians. I'm not I'm not mad at you. I'm just stating my worry about what could happen now 
when Cynthia Nixon was even the biggest star on Sex in the City. Probably the, probably the fourth. Yeah, the least popular yeah. uh, person on Sex in the City is like, well, I'm going to run for governor of New York. Not city councilman in Williamsburg. Not board of education in Flushing. Governor of New York. That, that's been my worry. That's all I'm saying. We, are we clear? You understand what I'm saying, Chuck? I completely Under, understand. You know what I'm saying, right? You get I know it? how yeah. these things get filtered right. through yeah. the radio, though, so I'm not sure. We'll uh, people are, and, and I'm I, getting a lot of your Facebook stuff. On oh, the it's phone. fantastic. Yeah, buzzing. I, 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 I love the Facebook uh, tough guys. Um, people, people want, and, and it's Colin Coward said this, the sports guy. People tune in. They want affirmation, not information. Yes. They want, I'm giving you affirmation. Your guy won. He's doing great. Keep up the good work. Stormy who? I don't care. Just keep my 401k growing. Keep us out of nuclear war. I'm not, I'm not calling him a bad president. I'm saying what, what the, president, the precedent that has been set yeah. could be bad for the nation. I don't want actors, singers. I don't want Jewel running for uh, Senate in Alaska. You're not going to vote The Rock 2000. No, I'm not voting Katy Perry. <laughs> uh, that's that's what I'm afraid of. This is a pop this is a pop culture society now. Yeah. And I'm worried that the person with the most Instagram followers will be elected to our highest office. What about Neil Diamond? Well, I mean, he's a saint, but <laughs> I mean, I, there's, I, I, there's exceptions to every rule. Yeah, I, I love Neil Diamond. I'm not voting for him. Neil Diamond, Paul Simon. I'm not voting for either of them. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. Back to the phones we go. Sean is in uh, the classic city of Athens. Sean, welcome to the program. Hey man, you put out a great product. Keep it up. Thank you, man. sir. Uh, you know, I I didn't. I don't want you to get into too much despair about this. Um, here's you know, there's lots of examples, but one of them close to me. I'm originally from Nebraska. Uh, well, at least one time, Nebraska football kind of ruled the roost. And Tommy, Frazier. Tommy Frazier. Tommy Frazier, buddy. Tommy Frazier. Tommy Frazier, number 15. Yes, thank you. Uh, Go ahead. <laughs> Braves in Florida. Hey, uh, but Dr. Tom Osborne, the coach, when he retired from coaching Nebraska football, he ran for United States Congress. He won. Uh, it was the rural, rural part of the state. Uh, he was a good congressman uh, out in the rural part of the State, Absolutely. Uh, but, but here's here's the difference between Congressman Osborne and Cynthia Nixon. OK, Congressman Osborne ran a multimillion dollar athletic department. OK, he managed people. True. He he de- he dealt with budgets. You know, he he's a people person. He had to go out and he had to do things. He had accomplished Cynthia Nixon had to memorize lines and cry when when told. And and someone on Twitter is like, well, you know, Ronald Reagan was uh, governor. Are you just being sexist? Because, no, I don't care. I don't, if Matt Damon ran, I'd be mad. Ben Affleck and that horrible back tattoo. I don't, I don't want these people running our government. You're not voting for the back tattoo? I am not voting for the phoenix on his back. 404-872-0750. Let me squeeze a quick call in. Rich is up next on the show. Hello, Rich. Hey, Preach. Welks, buddy. Hey, man, I, I agree to disagree, but uh, you mentioned a lot of what I was going to say about, like, with Reagan and uh, Sonny Bono and on and on and on when uh in between uh the president and hillary clinton i probably would have voted if i had a choice and between just hillary clinton and a cup of cold gravy understood understood and i i listen i don't blame you for that but but here i mean are you not worried and and, and again this is nothing against the president but are you not worried that now we are going to have in 2020 
celebrities lined up at the door to try to run for, for the president? Well, I'm, I'm sure we will, but I hope that the American public is smart enough not to do that. Now, you say about uh, the president not being qualified— I mean, he was a he's a multi-billionaire. That's a listen, lot listen, more than President gonna, Obama listen, was Listen, 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 listen. The least politically qualified. Do you, do you understand that? There's a filter from what we say to what goes out on radio. He's held no political office. That's what I meant. Least politically qualified. The only other person that didn't uh, have any political office was... Um, Ross Perot. No, no, this, this campaign, uh, the <laughs> woman, the Perot. CEO. Um, oh, goodness gracious. How can I forget her name? She ran for the, the Republican. Oh, uh, Meg, Meg Whitman? No, this year, Republican nominee. She was the CEO. Oh, Carly Fiorina. Yes, Fiorina. Those two. All right. Those two were the least politically qualified. Everyone else that had political office, had, had done something in politics for. <sighs> this uh, portion of Atlanta's Evening News brought to you by Q-Tips. Clean out your ears on the Mark Aram Show. 404-872-0750. Back after this. Five fifty-five, fifty-three degrees on Peachtree Street. Storm Tracker Two HD radar shows nothing severe. Finishing up with this, and then we're going on to the uh, Tex MacGyver Reporters Roundtable. Jesse's in Locust Grove. Jesse, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? I'm doing just fine. How are you doing, Mark? Excellent. What's going on? Hey, I think you really misunderstand why the American people has put him into office. I don't think it was because he was a celebrity at all. I think it's more the fact that they're tired. Of the political class, and that Fine. he was a absolutely. I, I give you that point. I give you that point. I'm not saying about Donald Trump now, but the fact that Donald Trump is a celebrity and now president, I am worried that it opens the door for other celebrities to say, "Well, if he can do it, why can't I?" You know what I'm saying? I'm not pointing yep. fingers at Donald Trump. I'm not pointing fingers at Trump voters. I'm pointing fingers at singers and actresses and athletes that are saying, "Well, well, geez, I'm a celebrity. I've got more Twitter followers than him. I could be president." That's what I'm worried about. I don't think that it was just the fact that he was a celebrity because no, a lot of helped, other people but, that are but it helped. wanting Listen. to run for office are they don't represent the same thing that he's talking about. They're more of a liberal agenda. Understood. So all right, so let me ask from. you this. Are you confident then that liberal voters will not vote for Oprah or Kanye or Kim Kardashian? Oh no, I believe they will. Okay, that, that's think, my point. I, that's my point. I know you're not gonna but Trump, I mean, listen, President Trump's popularity certainly helped him in the campaign. Right? Yeah, I think if he was Bob Cobb billionaire, it, he might not have gotten If he far. was the bald guy from Shark Tank, he wouldn't have won. No. But the popularity helped him for sure. didn't hurt him. Billy's incoming. Billy, real quick, I'm sorry, we got to go to uh, news. What do you have? Oh, my point was I um, I didn't vote for Trump because he was a celebrity. I know. I know. You vote because voted, he's a businessman. He loves a small person. And uh, life's, life's better now with him. I get that. <laughs> it's an hour of my life. I'm never getting back. <laughs> never, ever, ever. Son of a gun. When we come back, an hour that I'm going to embrace, Moving savor, on. and enjoy. It's a Tex MacGyver Reporters Roundtable. Philip Holloway, Mike Pachanek, Veronica Waters, Christian Boone. All you need to know about Atlanta's most infamous trial right now on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. No, I want this town to be near you. No, gray skies ever turn blue. I stand alone. 
Welcome back to the show and a good Tuesday Eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there at 6.09, 9 after 6 o'clock, with you till 9 in the p.m. This is Atlanta's Evening News. Longoria and Low T with me tonight. As, uh, Low T. As we move on from politics to the courtroom in, in one of the biggest trials in uh, Metro Atlanta uh, recent memory, it's the Tex MacGyver trial. And I, I wanted to do this a lot for me. I wanted to have a reporter's roundtable because because of my whacked out schedule, I miss the testimony during the mini, middle of the day. I'm sleeping. So I want to, and everyone keeps talking about it. I'm so ill-informed on the Tex MacGyver trial. So I wanted to do a roundtable tonight during Atlanta's Evening News. Joining us in studio, WSB uh, legal analyst Phil Holloway, Channel 2 Action News reporter Mike Pachenik. Uh, on the phone, WSB legal reporter Veronica Waters and Christian Boone from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. All welcome to the program. Thank you. How are you? Doing T- awesome. Good. Thanks for having Tired. us. Tired. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Uh, Veronica, since you are our uh, WSB legal reporter, uh, if someone just moved to Atlanta yesterday and they don't know anything about the Tex MacGyver trial, uh, give me give me a 50-word synopsis of, of what's going on right now. <laughs> How am I supposed to count those 50 words? Well, come close. All right. Um, 50-word synopsis. In September of 2016, a once-prominent attorney here in Atlanta, private attorney and uh, GOP operative Tex MacGyver, shot his wife Diane in the back as he sat in the back seat and she in the front passenger seat of an SUV in Midtown Atlanta. The state is charging him with murder and witness tampering, saying that he did the shooting on purpose and then tried to get people to lie about it so that he wouldn't have to go to jail for it. The defense says that the shooting was an accident, and now we are here at a trial which is expected to last at least through March and probably into part of April. So basically the bottom line is um, husband shoots wife. He says accidentally. The state says no. That's where we are trial-wise, Mike Pachenik. Um, but this seems to be a little bit more than just that. What? What? Why is? Why are so many people uh, enthralled with this case? What are the intangibles here that separates this from other legal matters? Well, I mean, this is a who's who of uh, of the Buckhead community. Uh, very wealthy folks uh, in Atlanta. Diane MacGyver uh, was president of uh, Corey Enterprises. Everybody's familiar with the big tower there uh, on the downtown connector mm-hmm. uh, by Grady Hospital. Very prominent, self-made millionaire. Tex MacGyver uh, was a partner with Fisher Phillips, a prominent attorney uh, in labor and employment. Uh, they were living a fairy tale lifestyle, and uh, the testimony has reflected as much. Uh, Diane MacGyver had hundreds of furs in her closet. They had taken a fancy condo and had busted down the wall, and they were living. They basically turned it into, into one big condo, two condos into one, uh, overlooking, uh, you know, uh, Lenox Square. So this uh, is this is the one percent. This is the one percent of Atlanta right here, like the uh, the the upper crust. And a husband accidentally shoots his wife in the car. Drives her to the hospital. He claims it was an accident. Uh, the state thinks otherwise. That's where we are trial-wise. Phil Holloway, WSB legal analyst, um, Tex MacGyver's attorney is, is saying what? What are they saying to, to refute the claim from the state that this was an intentional murder? Well, the essence of the, the defense uh, is that the motive that's been presented by the prosecution, which is he was basically after her money, and when when she died, he was a lot wealthier than before. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to say that that motive is really manufactured and non-existent. That they really did have a good marriage, and that quite frankly, uh, Tex would have had a better lifestyle uh, had she 
stayed alive because she was basically the one that was at that point supporting his lifestyle because he had suffered a pay cut down to a mere $350,000 a year. So they're saying that not only is the motive bogus, they're saying that if you're going to manufacture a murder and try to make it look like an accident, you're not going to do it this way by taking someone to the hospital and be seen on video carrying her or helping to carry her into the emergency room. Christian Boone from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Um, the state is, is is laying out a case that, that is trying to paint Tex MacGyver as, as someone that wanted to be uh, you know, more financially secure with his wife uh, gone, he, he gets more money. Um, how, how are they doing on the prosecution side so far, do you think? Well, they had a rough uh, first week, I think. They had uh, sort of undermined by some of the witnesses from Emory uh, University. I think the quote from Emory Hospital, I think the quote of the trial so far has been uh, a doctor from Emory who was supposed to testify that uh, Texas told her that uh, – Diane had the gun behind her back and shot herself. Um, the doctor instead testified, like, I don't know, said, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know who had the gun. And that kind of summed up a lot of what, what went wrong the first week. Uh, yesterday went a little better. They had, you know, pretty much the star witness, Danny Joe Carter, who was in the car, driving the car when it happened. Um, but her test, some of her testimony was undermined by her own words today um, because she had told police a story that was a little different than what she had told jurors. Um, I think prominently in that was that she had said uh, that she had told police that, you know, she was convinced it was an accident. And she had also mentioned to them that Tex was asleep uh, when he, you know, when he shot Diane. Yeah. That that brings uh, up an interesting point, Christian. Veronica Waters, uh, Tex MacGyver said, what exactly happened that night? What's, what's his story behind the, the death of his wife? Well, according to the state, Tex MacGyver had six different stories about what happened that night. The one that we seem to be hearing the most now is that it was done by accident. We have heard repeatedly that Tex MacGyver has some sort of sleep disorder, which gives him fits and starts when he is sleeping and sometimes upon waking that cause him to make jerky or sudden movements. And uh, we even heard that today in the cross-examination of Danny Jo Carter. It was her understanding, she agreed, that Tex had this disorder and that Diane was actually afraid that he might hit her sometimes. So um, we've heard that, and it seems to be that that was a key port key part of jury selection in the lawyers on the defense side trying to make sure uh, that people on the jury would be open to hearing testimony about sleep disorders. Tex McIver says that he fell asleep in a neighborhood that made him uneasy while he had that gun on his lap and that he was suddenly started startled awake by some sort of bump. We've heard a bump, but we haven't yet heard that he Actually, that, that there was a mm-hmm. bump. Danny Joe Carter says there was no bump. And that that suddenly woke him up and he fired the gun and shot his wife in the back. Mike Pachanik from Channel 2. Why is he in the back seat holding a gun? What's what's the, the story there? Why is he doing that? Well, the story that uh, Jan- Danny Joe Carter told the, the jury was that uh, they were driving on the downtown connector. Traffic was at a standstill. Shocking. Uh, shocking. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and that they made a decision to get off at Edgewood Avenue. Okay. And uh, when they did so... Uh, Tex McIver made the comment, ladies, I wish we hadn't gotten off. This is a Girls. rough neighborhood. Girls, darling, yeah. Uh, yeah. we got off uh, <laughs> at this exit. Uh, darling, talking to Diane, hand me my gun. Uh, Danny Joe testified that uh, she reached into the middle console, handed him a gun that was in a Publix plastic bag. Okay. He had it in the back with him 
in his lap, and then it is the defense's position that he fell asleep after they got into an area that he deemed, I guess, to be safer, and and then that's when the gun went off. The gun goes off. Phil Holloway, where does where do they go after this? His wife shot. Where do they head? Well, they go to Emory University Hospital, which is. Uh, in hindsight, now we know not the closest nor Great, the best Grady's right place. there, right? I mean, Grady's right around the corner. It was, and if you were an ambulance driver, you would know that you don't take a gunshot wound victim to Emory. You'd gonna, you're going to go to Grady. It's a level one trauma center. Now, that's not the same thing as uh, to say, though, that a, a 73-year-old attorney who uh, was obviously been had admittedly been drinking, yeah. had some kind of potential sleep disorder, maybe even some dementia, that's, that's not to say that he would know the same thing as a paramedic would Sure. Know. Or a traffic reporter. Well, we, 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 uh, <laughs> or the people though. who read those Grady billboards. Exactly. Go ahead, Christian. Sorry, buddy. But at one point, though, the, the shooting didn't happen around the corner from Grady. They were on uh, Piedmont Avenue at, at either uh, 14th or 12th Street when it happened. So at that point, it was more of a question of, do you go to Piedmont Hospital? Oh, okay. Um, so it didn't happen on Edgewood Avenue. Gotcha. No. No, that's no. where they exited off off the highway, but the shooting didn't happen until they were, you know, pretty much at Piedmont Park. All right. We are knee-deep into the testimony now of the Tex MacGyver trial. Special Reporters Roundtable on WSB. Phil Holloway, Mike Pachanek, Veronica Waters, and Christian Boone will come back going deeper into the testimony and, and a huge, huge trial that has uh, really caught the attention of uh, most of Metro Atlanta. 404-872-0750, wsb talk on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. This is Atlanta's Evening News. Tex MacGyver Trial Reporter Roundtable continues. I'm Mark Ehrman for Eric Erickson, Phil Holloway, Mike Pachanek, Veronica Waters, Christian Boone from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Christian, seems like this trial's uh, got a lot to do about money. Uh, and from all accounts, she had more than he. What do we know about the financials of this couple? Well, the, Tex's income was dwindling um, just because of his age. Uh, you know, it was sort of semi-retirement. And Diane, uh, you know, made the money in the, in the marriage. And the defense sort of said, you know, why would he want to get rid of her when she had the cash flow? Um, the prosecution uh, asserted that uh, upon uh, – without her income that he was actually worth – or he would have had minus – I believe it was $5,000. Someone could correct me if that's, if that's correct. incorrect. That's right. So, yeah, um, they had a – you know, they had a – I guess lavish would be a appropriate mm-hmm. word there. They had the ranch in Putnam County. Her, her net worth, I'm, 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 the ranch, I'm, the ranch I'm is, go ahead, Christian. I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Uh, her net no, worth was around twelve million dollars, from what I what I've uh, done in my research, and his was well short of that. But Phil Holloway, you also mentioned that she uh, was charging her husband interest on a loan that she made to him. So she, this is a very very odd marital financial arrangement in my view uh, she loaned him three hundred fifty thousand dollars I think it was five percent interest you guys correct me if I'm wrong but the payment structure was that he was repaying her over a period of time on interest only so mm-hmm. he was never touching the principal so basically she's making a profit from her yeah, husband and, like a, a title uh, pawn right it, so there's just so many things about this case that's bizarre um the, the the motive theory has not exactly been nailed down exactly how the shooting uh occurred has not been nailed down and i'm not sure that it will be but at this point uh it's still early but as christian said accurately just a few minutes ago week one did not go well for the prosecution and it seemed like uh, a lot of their witnesses were backfiring on them 
I want to continue with that with what we've seen in the trial when we come back after news, weather, and traffic. And I also, Chuck, if you don't mind, open up the phones because I know uh, the listeners have some questions about this uh, very interesting high-profile murder case in North Fulton County. So if you have questions for the legal team assembled here, Phil Holloway, Mike Pachenik, Veronica Waters, Christian Boone, call now, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet him at me, at Mark Arum, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M. Tex McIver, Reporters Roundtable continues on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Welcome back to the show, 639, 21 in front of 7. Mark Aram with you till 9 in the p.m. today, supersized edition of the Mark Aram Show. We're in the middle of a reporter's roundtable covering the Tex MacGyver trial, a uh, trial, one of the biggest in recent memory here in Metro Atlanta, a uh, husband accused of murdering his wife. What, what really makes this a high-profile case is, I think, the bank accounts of the two individuals involved, the, uh, the deceased and the suspect, Veronica Waters, our WSB legal reporter wants to weigh in on the financial aspects of this case. What can you add to this, Ronnie? Well, I think we will hear a lot more about the money thing as we get more into it, Mark. But as the state builds its case, I just wanted to point out something that we've already heard in testimony so far. Now, one of Diane McIver's friends and colleagues testified that Diane told her that her biggest fear was dying without enough money to live on. And we know Diane spent very lavishly. She had this custom closet in which everything from her Shoes to her jewelry was color-coordinated, and she had about 100 furs. Now, this is a woman whose closest friends paid her interest on every loan that she gave out. Her own husband had taken out an extension on this $350,000 loan that he had borrowed, and he borrowed this from her. And the jury didn't get to hear that, hear this yet, but Diane's personal assistant testified that when Diane hired him, she said that she treated her marriage like a business. What's mine is mine, and what's his is his, and never the two shall meet. Now, we think about Tex McIver's salary down to $350,000 at Fisher Phillips. Uh, you could probably tell us personally, Mark, how much that is after taxes. Doesn't go as far <laughs> as it used to. I can tell you that much, Veronica. Right. But unless it's all sheltered by the time he shoots his wife in late 2016, now he might be clearing barely a quarter of a million dollars there. And we've already heard testimony that it cost him $240,000 a year just to pay for that ranch. He paid twenty grand a month. So he's also supposed to be repaying that loan interest at $1,500 a month. He's continuing to entertain and eat out and whatnot the way the couple always had. So this intense money motive the state is trying to build is probably what we're going to hear when the state puts all of this stuff together in closing arguments. And we still haven't seen a lot of the nitty-gritty about um, the couple's personal dynamics when they talked about money. Veronica Waters, Phil Holloway, Mike Pachetic, and Christian Boone from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution on this Reporters' Roundtable. Your questions now. Richard joins us on the program. Richard, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. What's your question for the panel? I have more of a comment in that I've been following this trial for over a year now, and there's a couple points that I just wanted to put forth. The first is I don't think there was any intent. I mean, looking at it from a perspective of murder, manslaughter, and involuntary manslaughter. I think it was definitely probably more of an involuntary manslaughter or a criminally negligent homicide or something along those lines. What, you're, you're, you're nodding, Phil. Um, they're going, the prosecution is going for what charges and, and why wasn't this pled out prior to trial? Well, I guess they didn't make any plea offer, to, to my knowledge, and okay. I think that's the obvious answer. But I think the caller makes a good point that so far – in my opinion, at least, uh, and I think there's others that share it and then there's others that don't. But in my opinion, at least, if they've proven a crime with respect to 
her death at this point, all they have proven at best is involuntary manslaughter. Gotcha. And Phil, correct me if I'm wrong, those are lesser included charges underneath murder, right? The jury will eventually get a chance to hear that they could potentially convict him of those? That's right. And involuntary manslaughter is a misdemeanor. Wow. That's that's shocking. Uh, David joins us on the Text MacGyver Reporters Roundtable. David, what's your question? Okay. Mark, I grew up around, I say, in Central Florida, around millionaires and, you know, the kids and working mm-hmm. for them and stuff like that. I find that the million people with that kind of statue, they have stuff already like, oh, What's going to happen to the money if something happens? So you're, uh, you're thinking about, like, uh, as far as uh, estate planning, that sort of thing. Christian Boone from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, uh, was there a will? Did did she have a will? Did he have a will? What's the estate uh, looking like right now? Well, here's uh, one of the central questions in the trial is the defense. Uh, the state has contended that uh, Diane McIver has a, had a second will, and that she was going to leave the ranch, which Tex had ownership of, to their godson, um, which sort of is, you know, explains their motive. But they've not been able to produce that second will. They've had some people testify that Diane discussed a second will, but there's no actual copy of it. So that's, you know, it's theoretical in that, that sense. They've, they've, like I said, they've had witnesses say that they discussed it, but there's no tangible. No evidence of it yet. Gotcha. Uh, John joins us in Tucker. John, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? What's going on, buddy? Well, in my opinion, one of the keys to this case is the driver. And I haven't really heard a whole lot about her. What were they doing out that night? Is she friends with the wife and the husband? That's a great question. Uh, Danny Joe Carter's her name, Mike Pachetic. Uh, if In about a minute, what led up to uh, the death and, and how is she related to the couple? Sure. She's a 40-plus year friend of Diane MacGyver. She's a cosmetologist. Uh, met her uh, through that route. The three of them had gone to the ranch in Putnam County for the weekend. They, uh, on the way back, uh, after playing golf and riding horses and having a, a great time out there, stopped for dinner at a steakhouse in Conyers, had some drinks, uh, at least Tex MacGyver, Diane MacGyver did, uh, and Danny Joe was driving them back. She uh, is a uh, recovering alcoholic, did not drink, so she was the designated driver, and she that's why she was at the wheel of the SUV driving them back to Atlanta after the weekend away. I would imagine her testimony carries more weight than just about anybody's, right? She was there for all of this. Uh, what, what is she, Veronica Waters, what has she said on the stand, if anything, yet? Well, Danny Joe Carter talked a lot about the fact that she, uh, what Tex McIver did and said in the moments after she heard this big boom when they were sitting at Piedmont and 12th. She talked about looking behind her right shoulder. Diane McIver looked over her own left shoulder. Diane said, Tex, what did you do? And he said, the gun discharged. And she said she saw Texas hands moving. She saw part of the gun. She saw the bag, this grocery bag that the gun had been in. She said she just put both hands on the wheel and looked straight forward and stared at the light. Has she, she come out, out and said car. whether or not she believes it was an accident or not? I would imagine no. that she has no, not. And, no, and interesting, interestingly, well, neither the state nor the defense asked her if she thought that he had done it. But she was confronted with her statements on cross-examination today about the things that she told police back then when she said that she thought that Tex had been sleeping on direct examination. She didn't mention. She said he was quiet because he wasn't participating in the conversation, but she didn't say that she thought he was asleep at the time. Let's hold it right there. I got to step away for... uh 
Neil Bortz. Uh, but we'll come back. We'll, we'll get, dig deeper into that because I think that might be the key to this trial. Mike Pachenik, Phil Holloway, Veronica Waters, Christian Boone, WSB Radio Reporters Roundtable, the Tex MacGyver trial. We'll be back after this. This is Mark Aram, joined by Christian Boone, Philip Holloway, Mike Pachenik, Veronica Waters, Tex MacGyver, Reporters Roundtable. Before we went to the break, Christian, you wanted to jump in talking about uh, Danny Joe Carter's role in the trial. Uh, apparently, when she was interviewed after uh, the accident, uh, she said it was indeed an accident, and now maybe she's changing her tune. What are we hearing about that? Well, we, we don't know what she thinks now, but I did want to say that she did tell police that she absolutely believed it was an accident. He says, she said that uh, Tex, quote, worships Diane. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if she's changed her mind or not. Um, I almost sense that she still may think it's an accident. She, you know, seemed to hold back a little bit with Tex. Um, so it's sort of hard to, hard to read. I mean, I may be wrong on that. But, you know, really what this comes down to, to me is that what stood out is that there's so much so hard to believe that he would plot come up with this plan to kill his wife i mean i'm going to get my wife's best friend in the car and shoot him in the back i mean it just that, know, that's and, what and exactly they, what i said to uh to phil and mike during the break like it seems like a convoluted way if you were planning on killing your wife this was not the the best way to do it he had other opportunities i mean they went hunting together we've heard testimony about that you could have made it look like a hunting accident uh if you're going to make some kind of crazy plot to kill your wife uh i don't think you're going to do it when you know her best friend's in the car it's through the back seat of a of a uh, excuse me through the front the front seat of a vehicle which could cause a bullet to go in any different direction it just seems to be implausible real quick veronica waters what can we expect coming up uh, on the stand in the next couple of days I think we're going to hear soon from the witnesses that are uh, on the witness tampering um, counts and Danny Joe being one of those people. She talked about how Tex told her to lie to the police and say she had not been at the hospital. Our very own Bill Crane is one of those witnesses who's going to be coming up um, here soon as well. He's accused of a witness tampering count. Now he's accused of it, but McIver's accused of a witness tampering count. We got to run, Veronica. I'm so sorry. Veronica Waters, uh, Mike Pachetic, and uh, Christian Boone. Christian and Mike, you're getting convergence comp days for this, so thank you for uh, doing the uh, roundtable. CMG. Phil and uh, Veronica, you get uh, no comp days, but thank you anyway. I do appreciate, appreciate it. it very much. Uh, this was good. This was informative. I really do appreciate it, guys. Uh, I feel I feel more knowledgeable about the subject. If you want to continue to talk about that, uh, we will when we come back. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is The Mark Aram Show. No, I want this town to be near you. No. the show and a good Tuesday Eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there at 7.07, seven minutes after 7 o'clock. This is the Mark Aram Show, heard Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We just did two hours of Erickson. Now you get two hours of me, Longoria, still stoic on the other side of the takeout window. Uh, Loti Chuck bailed, though. He had to get home and... uh, wet nurse the kid what was his deal something about the, <laughs> yeah he, he, he the, said something about the child yeah he's on baby duty his i think his wife's out of town so he's on you know baby duty all right very cool yeah. uh jason byers yes well known from his uh fantastic performance on atlanta's morning news will be screening your calls I gotta come up with a nickname for jason 
Well, I don't know. I mean, you can't just call him Jason Byers forever. He's got to earn a nickname, though. He hasn't well, really earned yeah, I mean, one that's yet. That's true, but. He'll earn one. He's a good dude, so be nice to him. Uh, joining me in studio, part of the live studio audience, uh, WSB legal analyst Phil Holloway. Sticking around if you have more questions about the Tex MacGyver trial, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Um, I, have, I have, well, we do have a question. Let me get to the callers before my question. How's that, Phil? You got to work for you. Cynthia, Cynthia joins us in Atlanta. Cynthia, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. How are you? So, got two questions. One, what life insurance policy did this young lady have? And two, if the case ends in a hung jury, which it likely will, does he collect the life insurance money? Let's do two two part question. We'll start with the first one. Do we know Phil Holloway if there is a life insurance policy on Diane McIver? We haven't heard any testimony that there was or wasn't. I find it hard to believe that she would not have any. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, uh, life insurance policies pass outside of any will she may or may not have had, so they don't go through probate or anything like that. They're just simply paid to a designated beneficiary. So, Which may really or may not have been text. May we not have been know. text. She had a lot of people in her life that she was very close to, not just her husband. She was close to her godson. She had lots of friends. And so, uh, who knows what was out there and who may have been a beneficiary. All right. Second part of your question was what? I'm sorry, Cynthia. A uh, hung jury. Would he collect the policy on a hung jury? Yeah, hung jury. Yes, he was what, the beneficiary. Let's talk about the jury because we didn't get into that during the roundtable. Um, seven men, five women. Um, the, the racial makeup was uh, three African-Americans and eight, eight white people. I think it I went to eight. Eight Caucasian, four African American. Okay. Because early on, there was uh, a witness that had a, a some type of a personal urgent situation. The judge excused, and so they went ahead and, and seated an alternate. So I believe it's, uh, unless I'm mistaken, it's eight and four um, white versus African American, respectively. North Fulton County is uh, particularly well represented. I think the majority of the jurors are from the uh, North Fulton area. And what what does that jury makeup uh, lead you to believe? Or I mean, is there anything you can get from the jury makeup uh no not really in my view i think that it it's probably a well-proportioned jury under the circumstances you, you never get one that's truly 100 percent you know a match with the demographics of the of the county but uh in this particular case i think this is fairly close and then in, if, if you're looking for that type of symmetry with the uh, demo, dem, demographics of the county, I think mm-hmm. that's pretty close. Do we, um, I mean, just from people just talking, like I'm talking to Longoria about the trial, I'm talking to Jason Byers and people in the newsroom, and everyone seems to think, oh, he's definitely guilty or he's definitely innocent, uh, which which leads my untrained ear to think that a, a hung jury is very possible in this in this case right now. If you check out social media, I'm just looking at Amanda tweeted to me on Twitter just earlier. She says, perfect execution of a cross-examination. I believe the defendant Tex MacGyver not guilty on the murder counts. Danny Joe said it was a tragic accident. He was infatuated with Diane. And for anyone, every one of those types of tweets or comments you find on social media, you can find others that are the exact opposite. So who really knows? But this goes to show you, you know, everybody is entitled to a trial. They have to be proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt and just look at already how many people have their minds made up 100 percent before we've heard all of the evidence and the trials is just really just getting underway the the da's office throwing everything they have into the case financially etc etc if if this comes back as a hung jury or a mistrial whatever 
Do we, do we see them ramping up again to do this again, or do you think they'll, they'll wipe their hands of this? If they get a conviction on anything that, that involves a substantial prison sentence for Tex MacGyver, I think they, they may very well just call it a day because at his age, if, if you give him a 20-year prison sentence for influencing witnesses, that's you know effectively if, life. a life sentence, if not very close to it. So I think it would depend on what he was convicted of. If he's acquitted outright on everything, uh, they're going to have a— hard decision to make because they've already put a lot of time and spent a lot of money. You ought to see the theatrics and the, the recreation of the interior of this vehicle that they brought in for the jury. Um, very dramatic, and some people would say overly dramatic performances by the prosecution. For example, uh, in opening statements, the lawyers were showing the jury the gun that was going to be used in the trial, and they were holding it barehanded. But uh, Mr. Rucker, one of the, the chief prosecutor on the case, when he brought the gun out in court, he was very dramatic in snapping on a latex black glove and carefully pulling this gun out of, you know, something that's labeled evidence. Mm-hmm. But yet, on his other hand, he doesn't have a glove. So yeah. he's holding the gun with two hands. One hand has a glove on it, one doesn't. And he hands the gun to a witness with who no gloves. has no gloves on. Yeah. So it's like, what is this all about? I got you. Uh, WSB legal analyst Phil Holloway talking about the Tex MacGyver case. Your questions for Philip at 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Um, you, you mentioned also that uh, they, they kind of had a re- reproduction of the vehicle uh, that that the uh, death occurred in 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 the courtroom. W- explain that again. So they had a they had a person take uh, as as close as they could, you know, scale measurements using photographs and maybe looking at the actual vehicle, and had the interior, the the front seat, the passenger seat, and the two rear seats, including the consoles, all the way down to the to the cup holders. Uh, and they had Danny Joe, who was is the witness that's currently testifying is she's the driver. The driver yeah. They had her seated where the driver, where she would have been seated on this night. And they had two other prosecutors occupying the other two seats. And uh, they basically spent almost the entire day on direct examination with her seated in the, what would have been the driver's seat, trying right. to bring the jury, if you will, inside that vehicle. Impactful. Do you think on the jury or, or wasteful uh, on, on the prosecution's, well, if you look at social media and the comments there, I think the overwhelming majority of the public sentiment, at least, is that that was a bit too much. It was it could have been done by photographs. Another example early on in the case is one of the doctors who treated Miss um, MacGyver when she was presented at the emergency room at Emory. They brought in an, a real emergency room bed. They, they borrowed it from Emory. They wheeled it into the courtroom and they used a, a mannequin. Okay, to represent the victim in Mm -hmm. the case. And all they were really wanting to do is get the doctor to describe how close she was to the dying patient. And they had, you know, photographs of the of the room. They had a laser 3D uh, demonstrative aid already. And she could have just said I was, you know, two feet away. But they they overdid it in a lot of people's view. And if you do that, when you've got jurors that are looking at spending a month of their life, um, they might resent you overdoing their case. I'm I'm glad you brought up the jurors. Sequestered or no? Are are these folks going home at night? Yes, they're going home at night under strict instructions from the judge, however, not to discuss the case, not to listen to you and me talking about it on the radio or watching any uh, media reports or anything like that. Interesting. And uh, Tex MacGyver, 
is is he in jail under house arrest? What, what's his day? He's on he's on bond right now. So he is, he yeah. gets to co- go home every day after court, and uh, and live his you know live his life. There's there's some restrictions on his bond, but but effectively yes. So he is not uh, in jail right now. That's interesting to me. And speaking of jail, you know, if doctors make bad patients, I would say that lawyers make terrible defendants in criminal cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where he was giving televised interviews, you know, holding a Bible uh, to WSB News, mm-hmm. okay? And he he gave many other statements to the media through either personally or through, through spokespersons. And, you know, he should have known better. And a lot of people raise the question, based on his uh, odd behavior, if you can call it that, um, the night of the shooting, as well as things that happened before and then after, a lot of people are raising the question, you know, is this is this somebody who's suffering from dementia? Hmm. Because some of the things that he said just borderline are on the irrational. Yeah. And so the state may look at that and say that's evidence of guilt. Somebody who knows him might very well say, no, we've been we've been seeing signs that he may be losing some cognitive function for some time. And, you know, something like that could explain it. So I'm waiting to see if the defense has had him evaluated medically. And if we're going to hear anything about some type of uh, maybe for lack of a better word, dementia or some type of loss of executive function. Do we expect character witnesses on, on Texas behalf? I expect you're going to hear character witnesses. They've gotten some character evidence out of uh, some of the state's witnesses. They've got character witnesses out of Danny Joe on cross-examination. Mm-hmm. they got character evidence out of her. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be a big part. And in Georgia, by the way, a defendant's good character is a defense to any criminal case. Sure. And I, I, you mentioned Danny Joe, and I, I keep coming back to this. I think she's going to be the, the key on this, um, whether the jury, I mean, the night uh, that this happened when she was first interviewed by police, she she thought it was an accident. I think that's going to hold a lot of weight in the juror's mind. Her first reaction to the death of her dear friend was, oh, this was an accident. He didn't mean to kill Diane. I, th- I think in the long term that might, might play big in the juror's mind. Yeah, and to carry that one step further, it raises the question, if she told the police that night that she believed it was an accident, and by the way, the victim thought it was an accident too, she told the doctor. If, If the prosecution leaves that out of their case in chief and the defense has to bring it out on cross examination, I can promise you that on closing, in closing statements, you're going to hear the defense beat the state over the head with the fact that they left out one giant ward in their case, which was their star witness told the cops that it was uh, uh, an accident. accident. Yeah. yeah. So why did we have to bring it out? Why didn't they tell you? WSB legal analyst Phil Holloway in studio uh, finishing up on the Tex MacGyver talk. If you have any questions about this uh, big, popular High-profile trial. Now's the time to get on. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. Welcome back to the show. 724, 50 degrees on Peachtree Street. Mark Aram and WSB legal analyst, Phil Holloway in studio talking about the Tex MacGyver case. Your questions at 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Nancy joins us in Buford. Nancy, welcome to the program. Mark, can you hear me? Excellent. How are you? Hello? Hello. 
Hey, I'm sorry. That's I'm on okay. my cell phone driving home from work. Um, yeah, I was interested to know a little bit more about the two of them. It sounds like it's a second marriage, and there are there any kids that either one of them have? Phil Holloway, second marriage for both. Uh, do they have children? Uh, they had both been previously married. Uh, he has children, I believe the number is three, if I'm not mistaken, uh, from a previous marriage. They did not have any together. Okay. And how old of a lady is she? I mean, I've not really, I only get my news from you guys, basically, and I hadn't really heard anything about her age, if we knew. Uh, or was she? You know, as best we can tell, she's uh, she appears to be in her, if we're talking about the, you're talking about Danny Joe, the... Uh, the eyewitness, yes, yeah, the, the witness is probably, I'd say, in the early 60s. Okay, what about Diane herself? Was she a, a more mature lady, too? I didn't know her age. Yes, she was in that same general age range. Okay, okay, well, it's interesting. It's a good topic, and I appreciate it. Well, Thank what, you so what, much. What are your thoughts, Nancy, just as a, as a layperson following this mm-hmm. trial uh, on the radio? What, do, what are you thinking here? Um, I'm thinking... I don't know if I should say this, but I I think he's going to be convicted. It doesn't mean that I think he's innocent beyond a reasonable doubt, but I just, I don't know. Um, I'm glad I'm not on the jury. I served one time on a criminal trial in Fulton County that was not murder. It was assault. But that's a tough decision to have to make when someone's life is in your hands. But I don't know. I just, um, I'm thinking... This may not turn out very well. Well, I, I tell you what, before tonight's roundtable, I thought the same. But just thinking about how it all went down, if this this was, it just seems too weird to be a pre-planned thing. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not a legal expert, Phil, but uh, I, from, from what I've heard so far, I don't see a conviction coming. Well, if the standard was negligence, in other words, more likely than not, was he, you know, uh, responsible then you know then i think it would be an easy conviction but when you're talking about proof beyond a reasonable doubt that being the highest standard of proof known to our legal system then i think the evidence says to murder at this point quite hasn't reached that level but the state's not through continuous coverage of the tex macgyver trial will continue every day here on wsb radio uh follow him on twitter by the way it's at phil holloway esq esquire Thanks, as always, Phil. Good stuff. Uh, thanks to Veronica Waters, Mike Pachanik, and Christian Boone from the AJC. Uh, we move on from Tex MacGyver, from Tex MacGyver to Johnny Kilbasa. We'll get a faster review coming up for you next. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. Hey, this is Billy Gardell, and you're listening to my buddy Mark Aram, The Mark Aram Show. Welcome back to the show, 737, 23 in front of 8 o'clock. Mark Aram at your beck and call till 9 in the p.m. every Monday through Friday. Longo's here. Low T went home early. Jason Byers, the undisputed, screening your calls. 
Um, we're going to get to Johnny Kilbasa in just a minute and a couple more of your calls. But uh, Longoria found this story. Jason, you, you don't know me as well as Longoria, but um, Longoria can tell, aside from work, I'm a pretty lazy individual. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm a lazy dude. You're lazy here, too. But No, I mean, I'm, that's not true. Well, yeah. In the mornings, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not in the mornings. Not in the yeah. mornings, I'm not no, lazy. No, no, no. But in general, yes. I'm a lazy individual. Yes. I am. I will... I'm just lazy. You know, I don't have to describe what lazy is. You know what lazy is. Yeah, yeah. I've I've found a new level of laziness. Actually, okay. uh, Longoria found this story out of, <laughs> yeah. out of Italy. Uh, a postal carrier in in Italy was found with 1,260 pounds of undelivered mail in his apartment. It reminded me of Seinfeld. Remember yeah. when he, when New- he, he yeah, Newman? Newman. <laughs> like that's incredible to me. But I can't pass judgment because if I was a postal carrier, as lazy as I am, there'd be times where I'd be like, I don't know if I would stash the mail. It seems like it would take more effort to do that no, than just to just drive next year. And but what I would probably do would be to, um, like, all the, the flyers, like the coupon fly, like all oh, that yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I would tr- throw that away. I wouldn't even deliver that stuff. All those circulars yeah yeah you yeah. get those still at your house oh yeah definitely drives me crazy i i'm not a fan there's of good those. deals in there sometimes i can't even look at them really I, I, it's so annoying when i get those if i was a postal carrier i would sort i would pre-sort mail i'm like no one wants this i would take <laughs> you would just i would take all, i would deliver the important them? stuff right i right, would deliver bills like bills and, and cards and yeah, magazines yeah, yeah. but like the flyers the circulars and the political ad right in the trash that's why I can't be a postal carrier. Yeah, too, I guess not. I'm not um, not too lazy to be a talk show host. Right. <laughs> but I'm too lazy to be a postal carrier. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I wouldn't go through. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. so I subscribe to a magazine. Do you subscribe to magazines anymore? No. I have one. I, I subscribe to Baseball America. Okay. It's a really, it's a, a baseball nerd magazine. It's for your fantasy? Well, it's, it talks about minor league baseball oh, okay. and college. I mean, it's really hardcore nerd. I love it. I haven't had an issue delivered to me in 18 months. Whoa. Yet they keep billing me. Have you talked to them? Yes. You... So I said, "Listen, people, eighteen months. <laughs> yeah. Blah blah blah. They're like, well, we're we're showing it's being delivered. I'm like, well, it's not. You know. And they're like, all right, we'll fix it. Whatever. This was three months ago. I still haven't got it. It's a monthly magazine. I still haven't and got it. Were you getting it at a regular ba- at yeah. regular time? I Every mean, month for 15 years. I bet you the mailman's stashing it. Maybe he's a baseball fan. That's what I'm thinking now. So maybe I should change the delivery from my house to the station. Now, I love my mailman. I don't think he would do that. But maybe someone at the sorting center is like, oh, there's Aaron's yeah. Baseball America. Yeah, he won't miss this. He won't. Yeah, exactly. For 18 months. But here's the question. So I call base, should I call? I'm going to call Baseball America again. Okay. Do I ask for two years of free subscriptions to make up for it? Or do I ask for, do I ask for every back issue that I've missed? Mm. Well, the back issues would be old news by now. Yes. So, so go I mean, for the two years. I would of, go for the two years in, right. in advance. Yeah. I'll do that. I'll do that. Because I mean, what what eighteen months ago? I mean, it's not going to help me now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you know exactly what I'm saying. Right. And I'm a hoarder. I'd probably just throw them in the closet. Oh, right, anyway. yeah. Uh, Daryl joins us in Do- jo- J- Jonesboro. Daryl, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. How are you, sir? Uh, hey, Mark. You know, I'm kind of waffled around on this thing a little bit. Twenty years in law enforcement and an EMT previously, and you know, up to this morning, I thought was. Well, there's going to be a conviction on this. There's just no way that he's going to get by. Well, that was this morning. And I got to 
hearing that the gun was a thirty-eight, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of pressure to pull that trigger on a thirty-eight. Most thirty-eights are revolvers, not automatic. So now we're dealing with the trigger pressure there. Then tonight I hear about the uh, sleep disorder. I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, where where's that coming in at it? But then in Georgia, a dying decoration means a whole lot. Exactly. A woman making a dying making that dying decoration to a medic, a fireman, a policeman, a doctor carries a lot of weight. I agree. And, and uh, honestly, I think know, I just I think it's the best friend. But, like her best friend at at the time was like that was an accident. That that to me is going to carry right. a lot of weight at the end of the day. I think it was I think it was overcharged. Yeah, perhaps. We'll uh, see. I'm I'm listen, I'm on board with you, Daryl. I'm on board with you. Again, I haven't been following that trial that closely, but just that one hour we spent on it, hearing what's been going on. Like Longoria, you would never, ever, ever kill your wife. No. Even though you're in a similar situation, she makes the money. <laughs> yeah, she makes you know, way so more money than You I understand do, yes. the situation. Oh, yeah, definitely. But um, even if you if even if you thought, God forbid, you would you would try to murder your lovely wife, which I know you would never no, do. No, no. You wouldn't do it that way. No. That just seems sloppy to me. Yeah. and, and there, I Because mean, so many things could happen. That bullet could go anywhere. And, and that, who knew that they were going to get off at Edgewood Avenue? So right. they have an excuse. Oh, this is a bad neighborhood. Give me my gun. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. Phil's in Buford. Phil, you're on the Mark Aram Show. Yeah, uh, your buddy, uh, Daryl, just brought up. They had just said the other day that it was a 38. And the, and the pull, you know, on the trigger is unless he had the hammer cocked. Once you have that hammer cocked, then it's just a little. Touch it, yeah, it's gone. It goes off quick. Uh, so what do you I think? I don't know. If they're gonna. He's the only one that knows that. I imagine. I just heard tonight on your show that it was in a paper bag. Evidently, that's kind of freaky. Yeah, yeah. In a, in a Publix wife, bag in the console in the in the car. Yeah. Not to besmirch the great name of Publix, and and we found out that uh, they stopped at the Longhorn in Covington on the way back from the ranch. Speaking of food. And now, on the Mark Aram Show, it's time for the Fast Food Review. Joining us live on the Greasy Salty Hotline from parts unknown, height unknown, weight, we do not want to know. Johnny Kilbasa and the ever so popular Fast Food Review. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing great, Mark Aram. I'm wrapped in bacon. I'm here for the taking. I'm covered with cheese. I aim to please. And at this early hour, I will cleanse your palate with a little club soda, maybe a piece of ginger, so I can relay down your palate with a lot of grease, a lot of cheese, and a lot of barbecue sauce, buddy. You've got me cranked up, brother. What's on the menu tonight? Doing something around the corner from the usual spots today, Mark. Something I usually don't talk about, but I think it's fast enough food because you can call ahead these days and get a table going, or they deliver. Outback Steakhouse, Mark, or as some of my buddies like to say, Outhouse steak back, however you want to call it. <laughs> They've got a brand new thing. Okay. It's called, just in time for March Madness, it's called the three-point rib bloom. So they're going to take three of your favorite things, and they're going to cram them all onto one plate, Mark. On the baseline, you've got a blooming onion. Then right in the middle, you've got cheese fries. And then up top, they're giving you some baby back ribs just to go along with it. All in one beautiful Appetizer. Go from top to bottom, bottom from top again. Jason Byers, pay attention to this. I might want this tomorrow on the show. Bottom is a blooming onion. Blooming onion. Yeah. Aussie cheese fries. 
frosted with barbecue baby back ribs. Are they are they pushing this as an appetizer or a um, uh, entree? They're they're pushing it as the greatest appetizer of all time that you could certainly have as your entree. I think it. Yeah. I think this might be the greatest appetizer. This is finally Australia's answer to China's poo poo platter, <laughs> which previously <laughs> has been the greatest appetizer of all time. You're yes. familiar with the poo poo oh, platter? Oh yes, yes I am. Alex Williams didn't know what a poo poo platter was. Really? Yeah, I do these oh. little food videos with Alex. Yeah, I see him sometimes. Does Alex Williams know this food? He doesn't know anything. He doesn't know anything. But he's he's a, he's a good guy. He knows yeah. Alabama football, golf, and PB and J, basically. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he never heard. Of, you know what a poo poo platter is, Jason Byers, right? Of course. Yeah, the greatest appetizer of all time. You get the little flame, the the sterno can. You got teriyaki. You got egg rolls. I mean, it's a it's the greatest appetizer of all time. But Australia's kicking it up with this thing. I'm intrigued, Johnny K. I don't know if I'd want to share this with anybody though. I might order this as my meal. Get get a get the table in the corner facing the wall so no one can see you, <laughs> what you do to this. Have them bring it out, put some towels down on top of the table, and just go for it. The problem is my go-to outback is no longer in existence. It used to there used to be one on Roswell Road in Buckhead. Um, I guess we North Druid Hills has an outback. Refresh my memory. La Vista, yeah, right. La Vista there, Road, right yeah, right off of North Druid. I guess that would be the closest one. I like Outback, and this is going to sound really weird why I like it. I like their salads. They are good. Like the the side salad you get yes. with the, and they're not cheesy with the dressing. They throw it on. I like, I'm a, I'm an Outback fan. What am I going to say? But this is, this sounds fan. You want to split one of these with me? Longer? Sure. I'm down. It's going to be messy, kid. Oh, I know. It's going to be messy. I know. I suggest using your hands, too. Just take, take a, get one rib with your hand and then just dig down from top to bottom just yeah. dig down in there and core out a handful of stuff and what just what are we all right so this is the greatest australian appetizer we know what the greatest chinese appetizer is what's the greatest italian appetizer i know there's there's a there's a poo-poo platter version of italian appetizers like the anti-pasta platter would that be yeah the well, the cheese cheese stuffed meatballs and mm. the pizza rolls and the uh, like, the chicken parm bites, all in one. I, and I don't think anything's gonna jump out at you with this. I mean, I think, I think fried calamari. I, I'm piece. torn between fried calamari and mozzarella sticks as the the number one Italian appetizer of all time. Oh yeah, but this is a super group of appetizers. <laughs> exactly. It's not just one. What's band. the greatest Mexican appetizer? Chips and queso, right? No, nachos. That's chips and queso. No, nachos. Nachos have beans queso on them. Dito. Cheese. <laughs> Jalapenos, you know, meat on them. Okay, yeah. Jalapenos. <laughs> What's Johnny saying? Guacamole, sour cream. Yeah, guacamole. All, all that. All right, Johnny K. What's this creation in Outback called? The three-point rib bloom, just in time for your March Madness brackets to get all greasy and ruin your day. Three-point rib bloom. I even like the name. Yep. Johnny Kilbasa, we appreciate you as always, and. If the cholesterol's high, baby, so bye. Follow me on Twitter to listen to my podcast on iTunes or johnnykielbasa.com. The website is johnnykielbasa.com. Appreciate you, bruh. Anytime, bruh. All right, we're going to come back. Uh, Russ in Gainesville, and I got some tickets to give away. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is The Mark Aram Show. Bum stickly bum stickly bum. Ross in Gainesville. Russ, Russ, Russ in Gainesville. Russ, come here a minute. I want to talk to you. Follow up. Did you did you hook up with that girl last night, Russ? 
Russ eight. Hello, Russ. All that for nothing. Dag nabbit, Russ. Everybody clap your hands. We played Love Connection last night on the Mark Aram Show. Russ, are you there? <laughs> Russell. I guess not. I don't think he's there, dude. Dag nabbit. That you was... haven't potted up in there? Yeah. No, okay. Well, All right. Maybe he'll call back. Perhaps he will call back. Perhaps. Perhaps not. But I do know one thing for sure. What's that? I have tickets to give away right now, Longoria. Cool. Pick a number. Okay, five. The fifth caller to 404-741-0750 will receive a pair of tickets to see Three Doors Down and Collective Soul. Three Doors Down and Collective Soul, Friday, July 6th at Chastain Park Amphitheater. It's part of the Delta Concert Series A, produced by Live Nation. These are win-them-before-you-can-buy-them tickets. Subscription tickets go on sale Friday, March 23rd at 10 a.m. at ChastainSeries.com. Fifth caller to 404-741-0750 wins a pair of tickets to see Three Doors Down and Collective Soul Friday, July 6th at Chastain Park. That's Amphitheater. a good concert, man. That is a great concert. So, Jason, fifth caller. We should have, we should have uh, made it the 900th caller to mess with Jason. <laughs> he would have done it, too. <laughs> I'm sure he would have. He's, caller, not, he's not like, like Chuck, low T. Yeah, dude. your caller 873. Yeah. Your caller 874. <laughs> your caller 875. Your caller 876. All right, I'm going to go to sleep. Okay. Wait, we got Russ back on? Oh, no, that's just the phone ringing. The phones are lighting up. He doesn't know what's going on. What is that? Seven? Russ, are you there, buddy? Russ. Hey, what color am I? You're 922. You just missed. <laughs> Russ, Line six. Russ, what's up? You there? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, did you talk to the girl? She's right here next to me. Shut up. Yeah, say hello. Hi. Wow! Do I get a commission on this? Man, he moves it quick. Yeah, you guys did good. I got I got a new girlfriend now, radio girlfriend. I'm excited. Congratulations to you, Ross, and your nice. new radio girlfriend. I am the radio version of Chuck Woolery. Uh, we'll check in with Russ tomorrow. I want a full update when we have more time. I got to okay. go to sleep. Yeah, I'll be back on tomorrow from five to eight. Mm-hmm. What's coming up now? Movie Monday? Let's do Movie Monday on a Tuesday. let's do it. All right. Uh, We'll continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. Uh, News, weather, and traffic next. This is the Mark Aram Show. Go to sleep, you little baby. Guests of the Mark Aram Show stay at the all-sweet Omni Hotel, located in the heart of Chicago's Magnificent Mile. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity. The future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.